On the podcast today, I'm talking with someone who went from $32,000 a year in 2019, $300,000 in 2020, to over six figures a month in 2021. How did he do this? Well, he's really good at getting people out of the Gmail promo tab and helping them sell more with email. And that's what we're going to talk about on the podcast today. Welcome to Storytelling Secrets. This is the podcast for coaches, consultants, and course creators who want to unlock their core stories and use their stories to sell more online. It's a place to master persuasion and influence so you can build a deep relationship with your audience. And it's a place where real-world marketing strategies, tips, and lessons are shared freely. If that interests you, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Jules Dan, and I've battled my way from being a broke group fitness instructor to a full-time, in-demand, freelance email copywriter. Now, I'm ready to get to work. Follow along on my journey as I share my everyday hard-won lessons. I'm Jules Dan, and this is Storytelling Secrets. Hey, what's going on? It's Jules Dan, welcome back to the show. I'm joined by Troy Erickson for today's podcast. He's our special guest. I actually first joined one of Troy's paid Facebook group called Email Secrets. And it was all about uh, helping you get better at something called list management. So how do you manage an email list, make a bunch of money, and please clients and get people out of the promo tab. It was really good. The content was so good. So I naturally, I thought, hey, Troy, why don't you just come on the podcast, have a conversation. Um, people want to join, you know, you can just tease it all, but give some good content like you've done in the group and he agreed. So, um, Troy, like I said, is a wizard at getting people out of the Gmail primary tab. So look, if that's a skill you want to get better at, or you just want to get better at list management, I highly recommend you listen to this episode. It's an absolute gold. And if you're interested, join Troy's Facebook group. I'm going to leave that in the show notes below. Without further ado, here's my guest, Troy Erickson. Hey there, this is Jules Dan here from Storytelling Secrets. I'm joined by a special guest, Troy Erickson from Email Paramedic. It's a cool name. It says pretty much what it is without further ado. Hey, Eric. Hey, Eric. Hey, Troy. How's it going? <laughs> How you doing, oh, Troy? Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to restart. Over to you mind. now. Okay, cool. Hey, what's up, Jules? Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no problem. Hey, uh, I was wondering, because you and I are in the same space. We love email marketing. Um, you're a few steps ahead of me. How old are you, by the way? I'm 25. Oh shit. You're 25. Okay. Yeah. I'm 27. So wow. yeah, uh, cool. I'd love to hear your backstory to how you got to where you are today at 25. That's really interesting. Yeah, sure. So not long ago, I was 22 and at that time I was a college baseball player. Um, and all I ever want to do is play professionally. Like uh, that's all I ever did my entire life. Baseball. And at 22, um, I went through some complications mentally uh, that resulted from a surgery I had on my elbow when I was 16. And the, my whole like baseball world came crashing down. I could hardly throw anymore. It was a case of the yips. Uh, it's something that happens in baseball and golf. What's and yips? yeah, so basically when you kind of lose the ability to do something that you used to find very easy. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like playing catch. And I was a pitcher. So obviously my dependency yeah. on throwing a baseball, was like my identity um, and through a really like embarrassing series of events, um, complications from my Tommy John surgery, which is like the worst surgery you can have as a baseball player that I had in high school mm-hmm. kind of came back and reared its ugly head. And I got cut as a senior 
um, which was incredibly embarrassing. Uh, you're supposed to be a senior leader on a college athletic team and you get cut. Um, so I kind of hid inside for a little while and didn't really come out. Like I skipped class for like at least a week or two mm-hmm. and didn't want to really do anything. But in that time, I was just like sitting there and I was like, I kind of like internet marketing. I had dabbled in it before, um, but I knew that I needed to like do something so I wouldn't have a normal job. So yep. during that time, all I was doing was literally just like working out because I still loved it mm-hmm. and trying to figure out how to have some kind of like agency style business so I could work online. Um, so like I said, I dabbled before and I had done like Facebook ads before and written some copy and worked for one client. And so I really started to dive in. I contacted that client and I was like, hey man, um, do you have any more work for me? I need work like right now. Otherwise I'm gonna have to get a regular job soon. He said, yeah, I do. We can create a little agency. So we did, and we had this little Facebook ad agency and we took his business from zero subscribers, like brand new to 147,000, 22,000 of which were paying customers in less than a year. Um, so we worked on that and we used that to you know, get more clients as we were building momentum. So I was doing Facebook ads for people. Yep. And then I found out that a lot of people that I was running ads for had major issues um, and they wanted to fire me. I was like, hold up, like, why do you want to fire me? The ads are doing pretty good. And they're like, sorry, we're going to fire you. And I said, no, you're yeah. going to tell me why. And I like your persistence. Like, yeah, they were like, okay, well, our emails aren't doing well. I was like, oh, okay. Did you write so, those? Sorry to interrupt. Did you write those or were they their emails? No, it was all theirs. I was only. And they're trying it. to blame you for it. Far <laughs> it's all good, man. They, they tried to blame me for it too. And yeah. I said, no, it's persistent. Um, and I had very little email experience at the time. In fact, just, you know, not long before that we had built this massive like list of subscribers on my client's main business and we didn't know what to do with them. So one day, you know, he was like, Hey, have you ever run an email list before? And I was like, Mm no, like, all right, you got the job. So I took it and that's why I like tried all these like things and I had no clue what I was doing and we were going to spam half the time and all that. But like, I slowly kind of learned how to write an email, even though I was really bad back then. And then I used all those experiences I had to help the clients in the future who had all of these issues. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was kind of a jack of all trades. I'm glad I did because, you know, I'm in email now, but I'm glad I understand Facebook ads. And at the time it was like, if I never tried email, then I wouldn't be doing it today either. So it's all serendipitous. Yeah, when I started out, I'm glad I did a little bit of everything and then kind of narrowed out after that. But the moral of the story is like all the problems that people had were usually stemming from the back end, not the front end. Um, totally it kind of depends on the business. But for these people, they they needed help with email. So then I slowly kind of found my way uh, into this whole world and like found a couple of clients on my own. And then I, I graduated and I was making about four grand a month at the time, which was like good enough. To not get and I was happy. And then there's a whole second part to that too, but hopefully that um, inspires somebody. Yeah. You've got enough for me to run with here. I love your story because it's almost in parallel, except mine's nowhere near as, as a, uh, as a successful. I've had started Facebook ads, only got a tiny few wins. Didn't like, I started doing chat bots and then I did not like having to change a policy all the time. So then I swapped to email and I started doing five bucks an hour gigs on Upwork just slowly going up but really interested how you were just thrown into the email back end role where 
you're in control of the database and in control of deliverability. And uh, that's what we were talking about before uh, before the podcast. You said you want to make deliverability sexy again. Um, from personal experience, getting people getting emails out of the spam or getting emails out of the promo tab is one of the most frustrating things ever. Like sometimes you can spend a full hour there going line by line, word by word, and the shit just doesn't work, and you just want to flip the table. It's super frustrating. I'm sure you can relate, right? So um, I want. Can you walk me through like what's the journey of like what you thought? Was trying were you trying to work on stuff at the start, and then you know maybe you got a little win, and that you noticed that made a change, and then slowly, slowly you got to a bit of a framework that you're running with right now. Yeah, so to kind of elaborate on like the whole email thing and like how I you know started getting my own clients, and I started to realize like yeah, I'm just kind of writing emails right now, mm-hmm. and I don't really get feedback on them, and I have no idea if they're delivering or not. And I had no clue like for all you know the new clients that I picked right. up. Yeah, I figured I might as well just you know be inside their ESP and like manage that for them and become a list manager. Um, so I would write the copy and I would focus on deliverability and you know automations, all that kind of stuff. So I did that. Um, and I wasn't even aware of like the promo tab at all. I mean, I was good at seeing out spam, but that's, you know, relatively simple. Uh, like, you know, make sure you're practicing good list hygiene. So, you know, don't send to the whole list, only send to your engaged segment. Um, you know, have good subject lines that have curiosity and benefit, uh, send offers that are relevant to your audience, uh, you know, which you can find out by simply asking them some of the emails. It's like, Hey, what's your biggest problem right now? Reply yep. and let me know. So simple stuff like that, um, really kind of got me like, okay, well, I feel like I know deliverability. But then um, Ian Stanley put out a product called How to Get Out of the Gmail Promo Tab, which I did not know was a thing. I had no clue what it was. Um, And that taught what I would call the hard way to get out. Um, It is a hard way, line by line, (laughs) paragraph by paragraph. Yeah. So I did it that way for a while. Um, and I was very, very diligent with it. So I would not let any of my clients' emails go to the promo tab. It was just like, like I'm very persistent and I just felt like it'd be ethically wrong for me to send an email for a client that was not going to perform as well as it had the potential to. Yeah. So can I interject just a little bit? Yeah. How much time do you think that on top of just the regular, you know, duties of fulfilling the emails, how much time just for my audience to know, did you take to make sure you tested and didn't hit the promo for each of those. Uh, in some cases, like 30 to 60 minutes. I mean, yeah. like on occasion, there would be an email that was just like lucky and it they would go to it. primary. Yeah. And then there are some cases where you test it and it goes to primary, but then you click send on the real thing yeah. and it goes to promo and then you just feel yeah. terrible. I just wanted to highlight it because it, it is super annoying if that's what you have to do. You know, you spend all this effort writing the copy and then you have to spend 30, 60 minutes if you know what you're doing to get it out like it sucks and um i know you got a good solution so which we're going to talk about in a sec but um yeah sorry back to your story so you were writing emails you were testing already for your clients um yeah yeah so then naturally by doing it the hard way for a long time i was like you know this is cool and all but there has to be a better way Mm -hmm. um because i i can't scale this by myself like today i have a team but like back then it was just me i'm like I write seven to eight emails a day and there is just like no way that I can keep up with this. So by naturally doing this for a long time, I started to notice like what types of emails had a, a harder time 
inboxing into primary and which ones have an easier time. I also noticed like playing around with some settings, playing around with some like different like sender information um, that there was actually a pretty simple way to like expedite this process in a completely compliant way, which, you know, took time to develop. Um, and it was just like really interesting because it shows if you put in the work, you can really find something that's amazing and always find like a better mousetrap. So yeah. that's really all I did. And it, it's super important because it's like today, yeah, I still manage some lists myself and then, you know, my team manages some other lists, but to help somebody so quickly where they're stuck in the promo tab, like my average client that, you know, buys the service is like 50,000 to 250,000 people on their list. When they're in the promo tab, they're like seven to 13% open rates. When they're in the primary tab, they're about 18 to 22%. So by doing this service for people, some people literally double their open rates like that, like overnight. And I know it sounds wild, but it's true. And to be able to deliver those kind of results to somebody that quickly, there's nothing better that I can do for them than that. So now it's like my main focus is just making deliverability sexy again, because who doesn't want higher open rates, make more money. Right. Yeah. And, and obviously like the caveat with that is um, you need an engaged list, right? That, that's the whole secret. You can't just buy a list randomly. I get emails from people saying, can you help me send out this promotion to this list I scraped? I'm like, no, I can't do that because there's absolutely zero relationship with that list. So um, on terms of say, um, I'm really curious, kind of backtracking a bit. You said you use some sender information. Obviously <coughs> it's a, uh, it's your proprietary thing. You don't have to reveal the whole secrets of your mechanism, but h- how does the, uh, the, your service, the promo tab, is it a code or h- how does it stop it from going into promo tab? Sure. So basically I learned what the algorithm looks for and it's actually no longer code. The reason I use code is because that's what I originally called it. And that's what people know it best by. Yeah. Um, but now I have a super compliant version that does the same thing. It's just like harder for me to get working. But once it's working, it's still like a copy and paste like block that you put in your email. Can't say too much more than that. But as far yeah. as your sender yeah. information question, um, the email address you send from really does make a big difference sometimes. Now, granted, there's other mm. things you have to do too. But even if you are doing it the hard way, changing the alias so the thing before the at sign can make a big 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 difference so if you're stuck yep. doing it like the hard way that is a good thing to pay attention to yeah that's one of the things i picked up in ian stanley's course is was i changed it from jules at jules dan to support at jules dan is that what you're hinting at changing the alias yeah so that is one way now granted what i do that doesn't really like i don't just like log in and change the alias and you're good to go like <laughs> It's a more complicated than that, but it does help sometimes when there's a tricky account that's like really stuck in promo. Um, so maybe for somebody out there that would help, but um, you still would have to do it the hard way, most likely. Yeah. If you're just going to change that, and then you'd have to like you know play with the uh, different lines of copy and whatnot. But I do it the fast way, which is you know it takes some time for me to get, but once I get it, it it's works. really easy for people. Yeah. Yeah. And when you say alias, could you just clear that up in case someone has absolutely no idea what that means? Sure. So for example, if it's, uh, if my email address is Troy at leadparamedic.com, mm-hmm. if I change it to like support at leadparamedic, right, right. so yeah. the thing before the at sign. So the word there, yep. um, and technically it's a different email address. So an alias technically is like, you can make an alias for your email. So um, if you have troy at you can actually 
create another email address that goes to the exact same inbox. That's yeah. what an alien does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. It's definitely, I've noticed it has 100% increased my open rates. I get about 30 to 35% now with my list. I didn't used to get that. Um, And I'm not saying this to brag, but because I knew there was some really good tips inside of Ian's thing. And and I've just slowly picked up some tips along the way. And one of the things I noticed from yours is that uh, when you, this is inside your email master's or secrets group. I can't remember what exactly the mastermind group, but yeah, this, secret. Yeah, that's it. yeah. So the second email you send is like a question or a feedback thing. It's like, what's your biggest struggle with thing hit reply. And I've always done that. But one cool thing that you mentioned, Troy was you just leave a really good bonus for them if in an incentive for them to do it. And since I've started doing that, I'm getting a reply every four emails I found. And I've, I've heard that when people reply, you know, almost on the first few emails, it's, it, it boosts the sender signal. It, it's good for list, list scores or whatever it is. It, could you elaborate a little bit on that? Cause I'm a bit ignorant in that sort of space. Yeah, absolutely. So, and with honestly, with any like, uh, like service or like platform out there. So you look at like Facebook, Instagram, mm. you know, LinkedIn, Pinterest, email, whatever, like it's all about positive engagements, right? Like if you're posting on Facebook and there's only two people that like all your statuses, like your statuses are not going to be shown to as many people. Same thing with email. Yeah. If you send out emails and hardly anybody opens them, hardly anybody, you know, clicks them, forwards them, stars them, replies to them, you know, that hurts. So any positive engagement is a good thing. Of course, like open, click, favorite, reply, forward, whitelisting, like any good thing. So that's the majority of them. And then obviously there's bad things too. Like, if you uh, delete before opening, um, if you you know never open, if you mark a spam, if you unsubscribe, um, all of those types of things. So getting a reply is not only good for like technical deliverability, but when you send out a reply email that asks for somebody's like biggest question, mm. like odds are they're going to reply with something. Um, which is good for deliverability, but you also learn a lot about them. And I have a whole folder of people's replies and I, maybe I shouldn't be sharing this because this is, you know, part of like my business. But um, so if you're an email marketing person, I'm telling you exactly what people want when they are into email marketing. So they want to know how can I grow my email list for free? Um, is essentially what they want, which is like yep, yep, not yep. always the, the, the best well, case because like ads are the most consistent, but they want to know how to do it for free. Which is why um, you sent out that email the other day as well, I noticed. Yep, exactly. So I got that exactly from the questions. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I want to know is how can I increase open rates? And the other thing is like, what should I say when I'm out of ideas? Those are the three biggest things that I hear because I send the reply email. And a lot of people, you know, say it in different ways, but you can boil it down into several categories. And those are the biggest three. So if you look at my offer, for example, like getting out a promo, clearly it helps with open rates and also it helps with re-engagement. So like if you have a bunch of people uh, that are inactive on your list, maybe the reason is because you're going to the promo tab and they never see your emails. Mm -hmm. So basically after I fix the problem for you, all of a sudden, you can now send out a re-engagement to all the people who haven't opened in a while. Now, obviously, do it responsibly. Don't you know? just blast an email out to like 100,000 yeah. people inactive. But there's ways you can do that slowly. And I can usually recover like 10 to 12% of inactives. So if you have like 10,000 inactives, 
you could get 1200 people back on your email list mm-hmm. without spending a dime on paid ads. Yeah. And yep. like that covers two of the three, like big things that people want and it works. So like, I know that I'm giving them what they want and it works. So it's an amazing service for them and they're going to love it. Yep. And people have loved it. Served about 200 people or so, probably a little higher than that now. Um, but it's been amazing. Yeah, man. Troy, I, I really appreciate you bringing that up because you brought up a little nugget. Maybe you didn't even notice the little nugget, but you said instead of just putting in the promo tab code and then just going back to sending like you normally do, there's going to be people who are disengaged. People haven't read your emails for a while. So, and if someone hasn't got your emails for a while and suddenly Troy Erickson just pops into your primary tab, they're going to be like, who the hell is this? Delete which is going back against what we've just said. It's going to hurt your deliverability. But instead, once you've got that code in place, you know it works, it's going to probably land in their primary tab. We first need to send out some emails to those people who are disengaged to re-engage on the list. It's a separate email from, from the rest of the list. So it warms them up. Um, is that, does that sound about right? Yeah. So obviously, um, you don't want to send re-engagement emails all the time. Mm-hmm. But like, because from a pure deliverability standpoint, like technically you shouldn't, but you're running a business. So yeah. it's in your best interest to try and re-engage people at least once or twice. So from a technical standpoint, should you send a re-engagement email? No, but also from a technical standpoint, you should cut down your list. So you have 50% open rates and that <laughs> wouldn't make financial sense. Nah. So the real thing you should do is send maybe one re-engagement email a month. And sure, you might get some people, you know, who don't read it actually, you know, like 90% of people probably won't open it. Um, and there might be some people who delete it. There might be a few people who market as spam, but at the end of the day, the amount of people you recover and then can market to in the future and make money from and help them by, you know, fulfilling their needs is way more valuable than worrying about like, Oh, we got a spam complaint because it's just one email a month. So when you think about it it is way more than worth it. It's it's definitely worth it. Yeah, exactly. And and I'm, and would you be open to share what's the subject line and what's generally the gist of that re-engagement content? Sure. Yeah. And that's funny too, because it's like, I'm actually probably going to use this as like a hook at some point. So like mm-hmm. give people the re-engagement email and say, Hey, if you want to take it a step further, make sure it goes to the primary tab. Um, so anyway, the whole gist of this email is use a different from name. That's the first thing. So instead of sending from Troy Erickson, maybe I'll just send from Troy or since it's kind of a rare name, maybe I'll use my initials like TE or something. Is it from Denmark, then, by the way? I'm just curious. Um, it's a Swedish name. I know okay. nothing. I need to use like ancestry.com or something, figure yeah. that out. But um, <laughs> then the subject line is going to be remember me with a question mark. Um, and obviously that's super curious because it's a different from name and it says remember me. So it looks super personal and it gets a high open rate for that reason, or at least a high open rate for a re-engagement email. Mm. And obviously it's inboxing um, if you're not going to promo. So it works really well. Um, and then in that email, like obviously they open it, they're added back to the engaged segment, but we also want to make sure that it makes sense to the person who's reading it. So you briefly explain who you are and how they might've found you. So maybe you have like some type of product or, you know, service they provide yeah, or yeah. you're known for some reason that they're going to remember you from. So mention that. So they remember you and then uh, tell them why you're reaching out. Um, probably because, you know, you haven't been in contact in a while 
and then give them something of, of value, ideally for free, so they can click the link, which further increases engagement. And, you know, if it's good content, then they'll like you. And it also prevents them from, you know, clicking unsubscribe. I mean, they still could, but like, if they click a link to read something, the odds of them unsubscribing yeah, and clicking the are much less. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then lastly, remind them that you're going to send them emails in the future. So if you do that, that's a, a really good re-engagement. Yeah, all the good things. So let them know why you who you are, why you're reaching out, give them a benefit, give them a reason to click on the link and then uh, let them know there's more emails coming. Is that pretty much the gist of that structure? Yep. Yep, cool. Um, so I'm also curious, have you heard of John Buchanan or Buchanan? He's a charm offensive dude. Yes, he um, is a recent client of ours. I think his account was in pretty good shape though. So I think oh, he's okay. doing well. Well, yeah, I was going to say like, have you experimented with humor in that re-engagement email? So I feel like that would be the perfect material for um, a re-engagement because people were like, who the F is this? I don't, I, don't, I don't want another piece of information. Like I'm done. Um, but I've used humor before with LinkedIn connections and they work damn good because so, so many people, just the market is so sick of being hounded for stuff. Um, yeah, I'm just curious. Yeah, so I mean, humor, like if it works for you, absolutely use it. So the one, the email that I use is not the only email that will ever work. It's just one that has worked for me. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe humor would be a good angle for like, if you send a second re-engagement email. Because again, it's like, if people aren't, you know, if they don't open the first one, try something different the next time. Right. So yep. yeah, humor can be a really good angle. I've seen some really good ads like that. There was, one ad I saw recently that was about how some guy closed a client with a drunk email. And I thought that was really funny. So that was John. That. That's John. Oh, was it? Yeah, it's I John. I didn't even know that. I, I haven't seen that ad in a minute. So I didn't connect the dots there. That's pretty funny. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's his, that's his leading story. I'm pretty sure he said um, he got drunk one night. Um, and then in the, and then during the night he wrote some email and then in the morning he woke up still kind of drunk and was like, should I send this? And he did it anyway. Is that the story? Yeah, that is the story. So it's actually really funny because I did not know that was him because I didn't like personally contact him until recently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, are you on his list? Um, I mean, my test account is yes. Okay. So, yes. <laughs> I'll do, okay. So I've got my, I thought you might find this interesting and, uh, because you're an email dude like me. So I've had an email swap file for about two years. Every, all the good people who I'm noticing are about 300 emails have sent me over those past two years. John has sent me over 1300 emails. That dude is just like email, 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 email all the time. Like offer, 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 offer. I, um, for someone who, who's like, I know we're going away from deliverability, but uh, for someone who's not really aware of because this might help, uh, you know, silence people's fears that if I send more than one email a week, will they unsubscribe? Could you maybe tell my subscribers why John might be sending so many emails? Sure. So I'm actually glad you brought that up. I have some thoughts on that. But um, the whole thing is like, as a business owner, your perspective of yourself is incredibly different than the perspective of the subscribers that you have. So when you think, oh, I'm going to annoy people, it's because you're constantly thinking about your business and your niche all day long. These people are like sitting at breakfast or sitting on the toilet or like talking to other people or just like on the bus or something. Yeah. And they're like scrolling through the phone really quickly. And when they see your email, they're not like in it every second of the day. So like to them, it's more interesting because it's something different. 
uh, and something they're interested in, right? So like they would not have subscribed if they weren't interested. Exactly. And if they do unsubscribe, like that, that's fine. That's okay. Like that person is just somebody like, okay, who was like sort of interested. They wanted to check it out, but they're like, all right, not for me. It's just how it is. It's like real life, right? Like sometimes one day we're interested in something and the next day we're not. So that's why it's really important to email people early and often. Otherwise they could even, you know, forget about you. Um, and you just wasted your best like time to market to them early on. So I always like to tell people there's, you know, really just two things. If you want to simplify email, just two things you need to do. Assuming that, you know, you have a good offer and you're like, okay, at copy, the first thing that you need to do is send more emails, right? So like, you're not getting enough at bats if you're not sending enough emails. The second thing you need to do is make sure more people see those emails, aka deliverability. So let's say you're sending um, one email a week to 10,000 people um, and your deliverability is like, eh, okay. So let's say... Uh, well, sorry, 10,000 openers. We'll keep it super simple. Yeah, 10%, so, 10,000, easy. So cool. Uh, yeah, 100,000, like 10,000 people are opening it. So 10%, cool. Um, so if you send one email a week, you are going to reach 10,000 people. Let's say you bump that up to, I mean, I like to do every day, but let's just keep the math easy. If you send five emails a week, you're going to reach 50,000 people. Now, you know, some of them are the same people, but it's still impressions, 50,000 impressions that you're making instead of 10,000. Yep. So you could literally 5X how much you make, maybe not quite, but close to 5X. Now, if you fix your deliverability, you take that 50,000 and you, let's say you get up to, you know, 15%. Now you're reaching what? Like 75,000 people. You used to reach, you know, 10,000 impressions. Now you're at 75,000. Let's say you hit 20% open rates. Now you're making 100,000 impressions, which is 10 times more than you were when you were saying once a week and having deliverability issues. So that's how much of a difference it can make just by sending more emails, emails. making people see them. Yeah, exactly. And um, have you got any examples with clients? Just, just uh, maybe just don't have to know the whole story, but like I was afraid of sending emails and then you said, no, listen to me, send more damn emails. We're going to make more money. And they were like, all right. And then, you know, the bank account exploded, so to speak. Have you had any of those stories? One of the first clients I worked with, and they're okay with me saying this because they're amazing, but Chance and Abdul, they have a program called The Modern Millionaires. And they teach people how to run Facebook ads and, you know, Google PPC. Yeah. I started working with them and they were stuck in, you know, spam and the promo tab and I fixed that for them. And then, you know, we kind of got onto the topic of list management. Like I went to upsell them on it and they're like, oh, like, you know, maybe and I, like I asked for a whole bunch of money and I, I was pretty new at the time. So they talked me down. They're like, all right, two emails a week and we'll pay you. I think it was like two grand or something. And I was like, all right, fine. Like that's whatever. generous still. Yeah. So, well, I was doing a whole bunch of like automation work too. Uh, okay. Okay. Whole list management service that I provide as well. But um, so yeah, it was okay. Um, and then like slowly they started seeing that the emails were like doing pretty good. And they're like, Hey, do you mind if we, um, if you do like four a week? I was like, Oh, I thought you'd never ask. Um, and then that started doing well. So then we started doing daily and then I started doing other things for them too. And then all of a sudden that turned into a pretty lucrative client and lots of pay raises and, you know, helped a lot of people with that. 
and um, they have an amazing program. So that is definitely one example of yeah. Awesome. How at first they were like, oh, email is not our thing. We don't want to annoy people. And then it quickly turned into like, say. oh, we make bank off of email. Yeah, yeah. That's what they all say until they see the money coming in. They're like, oh, shit, maybe we should send some more. Um, I love hearing those stories. And it's also really good to hear the good happy ending where they didn't dog you. And, and you know, they saw the value of you and they and you did you suggest charging more? Did they, did they say, hey, we'll, we'll pay a bit more? Oh, well, I mean, it was kind of naturally assumed if I write more, I make more, but um, yeah. Well, some I mean, clients a bit dodge like that, you know, unless oh, you bring dude, it I'm up. I'm not working with a client that was like, is like write more and don't get more. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, of course. I didn't even work in like percentages back then either. So I could have made even more, but I didn't think of that back then. Mm, totally. Well, Troy, um, we've covered a whole bunch of stuff on the podcast. I want to ask you a few personal questions. That's all right. About you and your biz. Of course. All right. So with your business in the next six or 12 months, what's, what's your vision? What do you see it going? Yeah. So I'm going to keep rocking this, get out of the promo tab offer as much as possible and help as many people as possible. And the offer is scaling like crazy because it works yep. and people tell other people and, you know, we're doing list drops and promos and did one with Rich Shefford recently. And you have a couple other guru testimonials that'll probably be launched by the time this podcast is out. Yep. So um, it's really, really, really incredible. And I'll keep scaling it. And then I'm also going to um, have a, an option after that to kind of like hop on a weekly like deliverability service where I show you like every week, like, hey, here's how your inboxing was or here's how you can improve your subject lines or here's like something else you could have done better in the email. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to come with a Facebook group with all my like high ticket, high level clients um as well as live events so it's going to turn into a mastermind of sorts um and so really develop into like an email and like maybe sms or other type of messaging mastermind for people that just want to you know they have a business and they want to start killing it um with sending messages whether it's email text anything else uh and then also freelancers who want to you know learn how to do this stuff for their clients so it's going to be amazing yeah absolutely man you got really exciting stuff coming up in the pipeline um, I'm really excited for you because you're only 25, man. Like that's, that's a really good achievement. Um, just like you and I, we've got a whole freaking lifetime ahead of us. And I'm really excited to where everything goes, especially with email, because as you probably know, social media is getting harder and harder or more expensive and more expensive to get your message out there. And email is just hands down one of the best ways to do it. Um, in order for you, just so my listeners are aware, you know, maybe, maybe they're not at the same level you're at, but maybe, or maybe some people are, but I'm curious to hear is there something that you find a little bit challenging or that you, you know might be a challenge in order for, for you to achieve that goal? You know, you've, you've got this grand vision, you're scaling the thing, getting all these people coming into the mastermind group. Is there something, you know, that you like a little bit scary or you're a bit afraid of that you know you need to focus on so you can hit that goal? Um, I would say sometimes I get a little bit like distracted and anxious about certain things. So having a good team of people around me to handle some of those things Mm -hmm. uh, is a real key for me. So I'm continuing to, you know, build and and grow my team um, and get an office and do all sorts of things with that. So just having like good people, like if you're kind of starting out right now, it might seem like, Oh, that's a cliche answer, but like, I can't stress enough, like the bigger you get, like having amazing people around you is just uh, it makes life like 10 times easier and you accomplish so much more because when you're on your own, there's only one of you. But when you have somebody you can trust, it's almost like having two or three of you 
Um, because like if you have somebody you don't trust, it's not really like a full another one of you. It's like a quarter of you. But when you have several people that are, are amazing and you can trust them, it's like all of a sudden there's two Troys, three Troys, five Troys, 10 Troys. And, and I think that would be really cool. But at the same time, everybody brings in their own skill set, which is different than mine. So yeah, it's kind of like yours. building the ultimate person by having a team. I like that analogy, man. It's like everyone is can do relatively the same what you do, but they also bring in a skill that complements your skill set that you might not be that good at. So, and that's the essence of building good team. You know, I've heard a lot of horror stories of two entrepreneurs with the exact same skill set get to work and then it doesn't work because they're conflicting skill sets. So, uh, I'm I'm really glad you shared that answer. Um Coming up with a promo attempt thing and you said your offer is going to be launched in the next few months or when is it launching by the way? Officially. So uh, the mastermind, um, I mean, I have like a $99 a month like group right now, but the the mastermind will be, you know, higher ticket and all that. But the the whole get out of the promo attempt thing is launched right now. And and while I'm thinking of it too, um, this will be coming out after iOS 15. So the open rate numbers I've like mentioned today will obviously, you know, be different, but it'll still have the same effect, of course, of more people opening email. But um, yeah, the, the promo tab, like get out of the promo tab by literally copying, pasting custom block that I write for you. Yep. That is active right now. And you can check it out at uh, higheropenrate.com. Cool. Sorry. Yeah, that's correct. Higheropenrate.com. And the, the group that I'm in as well, because I always say this to my audience, I do not pitch shit that I'm not using or I don't you or I've never gotten a result with. So um, what's the name of your Facebook group for the, for the membership? The one that I'm in. Yeah. Email secrets. Um, and that one you can find at leadparamedic.com. I revived dead leads. That's how I came up with that name, but now it's just the, um, the host for signing up for my group email secrets. <laughs> awesome. Well, Troy, thanks a lot for coming to storytelling secrets today. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been fun. Hey, this is Jules here. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end of the podcast. I really appreciate it. So if you want to go check out my guests, freebie, what they spoke about, learn a little bit more about them. Maybe they've got an event they spoke about on the podcast. You're going to find all the information below in the podcast notes. And on top of that, if you really enjoyed the podcast, if you absolutely loved Storytelling Secrets, I'd really appreciate it if you go leave a review on iTunes. It helps get the podcast out to more people and uh, I'd be really, really grateful. On top of that, if you leave a review, a written review, I'd be more than happy to read it out on air. So you're more than welcome to drop a note, say hello to a friend, promote your business, whatever. The mic is yours, so to speak. So other than that, thank you so much for listening. Go leave a review and I'll see you next time on the podcast.